and we're here to kick off the NFL season. Less than an hour and a half away, the New England Patriots will be hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Deflate Gate, uh, the preseason, the offseason, all the debacle, all the craziness. Um, is the suspensions for Le'Veon Bell, the suspensions for Martavius Bryant, uh, on and on and on. It all comes down to this tonight. And uh, we're very excited about that because, let's be honest, we've been waiting for this for months. Um, I was surprised when I saw that this is show number 20 that I started um, just this past summer. Uh, Surprised that I'm at show 20, but uh, cool that show 20 kicks off the NFL season. And uh, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, upcoming matchups, things. We're going to talk about consistency in game scenarios. I'm going to explain that and explain about the tool on the Fantasy Sports Warehouse that can help you with that. Uh, but first, I just want to say thanks to for being a part here of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Um, in a little bit, I'm hoping that one of the Ricks from Asylum Fantasy Sports, uh, Rick Flieger, will be joining me, and maybe Rick Briggs. I didn't hear from him, but I've asked both of them to come on tonight as we kick off the season, just kind of uh, bounce uh, shots off each other about uh, the upcoming games and matchups and uh, who to start, who to sit. But if you're a regular on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, you already know this, but come along with, with me, if you will. Uh, Monday night, Sports Rants with Chris Heal. On Tuesdays, we, of course, have the Flieger and Briggs, who will be joining us, uh, or will always be there for us. And uh, they'll be on Tuesday nights uh, with their show. Uh, long time show. Wednesday night, Pine Tar Talk with Ben Samuels and Mike Valverde. Of course, my show Thursday nights at 7. Friday night, Racing Times with Robin and Alan. Saturday night, The Dynasty Dudes with Russell Clay and Nathan Powell. And Sunday, The Mad Scientist with Nick Ficarelli brings you all the great stuff um, that uh, Nick has always got some amazing guests on. Um, I think a couple weeks ago, he had an all- uh, fantasy football female show, which I thought was pretty cool. Didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I heard it was great. Um, but uh, so listen to him on the Sunday night. So that's the Asylum Fantasy Sport Network. Uh, if you want to call in tonight, you got some questions about who to start, who to sit in week one. You can call in at one six four six four seven eight four six seven nine. Once again, that's six four six four seven eight four six seven nine. Also, if you get into the uh, chat room here on the, the site, uh, you can also post your questions there um, or any other information you want to post on from there. So once again, uh, don't hesitate as we get ready for this week. So as we're heading into this week, tonight, big game, uh, Patriots and Steelers. Um, it would be great if both teams were completely 100%, but they're not. Uh, the Steelers are missing their star running back, Le'Veon Bell. That's going to hurt a lot. Uh, they're also missing the, their starting center, uh, Maurice Pouncey, who got hurt a few weeks ago in the preseason. So that's going to help hurt their offensive line. Uh, so I think they're going to struggle a little bit, obviously, in the run game. But what they do have is an incredible passing game. Uh, Antonio Bryant uh, has had uh, 32 straight uh, quality games in the consistency world and wouldn't be surprised if he gets number 33 tonight. Um, they're going to throw to him a lot, I'm sure. Uh, Marcus Wheaton's on the other side, who's actually a pretty, maybe a decent start tonight, uh, just for the fact that Brian's going to be out for four weeks. Um, I think it might not be a bad start if you need somebody at a flex, 
position or second flex position, certainly in a PPR format, may not be a good, may not be a bad thought. Um, but uh, try him. Heath Miller, not sure we're going to get out of him tonight. He could have a Larry Donnell game, but um, but I would say he will probably get his usual two, three catches, maybe 30 yards. He might catch a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, but I think the Steelers are going to be playing from behind. So I think that they'll be throwing the ball quite a bit. On the other side of the ball, we've got, of course, Tom Brady coming off his uh, release of suspension. And uh, you know he's going to be fired up. Uh, they're in, it's in New England, so you know the team's there. They're going to unveil the Super Bowl banner, and it's going to be uh, a pretty loud game, I would think, for the, about the first half. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing is their run game's a little questionable. They don't have LeGarrette Blunt. They waived Jonas Gray, which was a surprise to a lot of people. And they're going with um, – I don't even remember their names now. Yeah. Um, Brandon Bolden and um, somebody else. And I totally just totally blanked out on who that would be. Um, but uh, um, anyway, what do they have? They, I'm, I have to look. I, I, my apologies. Um, but anyway, so Brandon Bolden uh, is going tonight um, as well as um, – and I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, D'Angelo Williams, of course. Well, that's for the Patriots. Um, Patriots D, but um, for the Patriots, that's what I'm looking for. And, um, they probably should have a pretty good matchup tonight for that. And uh, let me find that for you guys out there. Here we go. Uh, Jonas Gray. So they're going to rely on Brandon Bolden, who I did mention. Oh, Deion Lewis. That's what I couldn't think of. Third down back, catch some balls out of the backfield. So uh, may not be a uh, you know decent start. But again, I'd be surprised if it got too deep into that but on the pass reception side of the ball um, Julian Edelman should be back this week of course Gronkowski will be there and you know he's going to get the ball a lot uh, Brandon LaFell will not be there until week eight uh, obviously his injury was holding him back and he's going to miss half the season which hurts a lot of people like myself who took a flyer on LaFell uh, in a lot of leagues um, as a good third or fourth wide receiver but won't be doing much for us uh, for the first half of the year. Um, so that's pretty much what you're looking at there. Danny Amendola will be in there occasionally. Um, they really don't have the deep ball guy um, by not having LaFell in there. So, um, you know, we just have to see. I mean, um, Steelers have a pretty bad pass defense. But, again, really all you have is, um, you know, um, Julian Edelman, and, uh, you know, Amendola and Aaron Dobson. So there's not a lot of, you know, while they got a nice matchup from a defensive side of the ball, uh, I'm not really excited about who they're throwing it to. But, you know, it doesn't matter when it's Tom Brady, he gets it done. Um, so anyway, so that's tonight's game. As we head into this weekend, I think there's a lot of uh, things to look at. So what I wanted to kind of talk about is um, those who have been following the consistency for a long time, you already know this exists, but out there on Fantasy Sports Warehouse, which is where I'm at now, uh, there is uh, some fantasy tools, uh, consistency tools under their NFL tab, and you should be able to find that fairly easily. But um, if you go to it, again, just go to fantasysportswarehouse.com. Um, you're going to see the NFL tab. You're going to see FF consistency tools, and you're going to see something called the daily matchup report. When you click on that, um, it's going to have a little description of how it all works. At the bottom, you click to access the report. And 
it'll show up on the screen. Basically, what this is, is you can go into this and you can look up any player for the past year, two years, three years, whatever you want to go back. And so let's say, for example, you're trying to see, um, let's say you're trying to decide whether or not uh, you want to start. Um, let's say you've got two quarterbacks. Let's say you have Romo and Bradford. Now let's not take Bradford because he didn't play for them last year. Let's take Romo and Carson Palmer. Okay. So we're going to look at, uh, we're going to click, we obviously click on quarterback. We're going to click to, we're just going to click to last year. And then we're going to, so we change the record since 2014. We go down to Tony Romo. And basically we know that this week he is playing at home because he's playing in Dallas against a bad defense. Now that would be the New York Giants. So they were a bottom 10 defense going into the season. So if you go to home against a bad defense, you'll see that um, last year, Tony Romo averaged 18.74 yard uh, fantasy points in those games, four games that he played against a bad defense, but his consistency was only two out of four. So only 50%. So not a great pick. So now let's take a look at um, who else did I say? Um, oh yeah, Carson Palmer. So let's look at Carson Palmer. Now we have to remember Carson Palmer didn't play much last year. However, he is playing um, at home against a bad defense as well. Last year in the two games that he played against a bad defense, he was two for two in quality games, 22.33 in fantasy points per game. So obviously there's your matchups and you do a comparison, you can see. Now you can go back two years, three years, you can go back as far as you want, but that's what the daily uh, historical matchup report is about. You can use that for matchups if you're trying to decide who is the better uh, third wide receiver. Maybe you have two common quarterbacks. You can check that out. The other thing it's really good for is for uh, using them for the daily fantasy games. So if you are playing um, in FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever you're going to play this week, and you're trying to look at who has some good matchups, um, then you can go in here and see if you can find some players. Now, Starting tomorrow, I'm going to be writing up um, an, an article for each position showing their, uh, their, their game scenarios for the week, and then I'm going to be showing their fantasy points per game and how consistent they've been in the past in those game scenarios over the past um, one to three years, depending on how long that person played uh, for that team. So we're going to do that tomorrow. You're going to see the articles out there for this, this, Sunday, this Sunday's games regarding the uh, daily fantasy um, setup. So you can go to FanDuel, DraftKings, whoever you want to go to, and then use that data to maybe find some good sleepers. And I'm going to mention a few as we're looking here uh, before, as I rate, uh, wait for Rick Flieger to come on. At the quarterback position, um, Cam Newton, actually, um, his value, in, and this is DraftKings value, $7,600, um, but he, He's playing away against a bad defense in Jacksonville. Um, fantasy points per game, 24.83. And, um, you know, seven out of nine quality games, 78%. So a great matchup in Jacksonville. Um, his value is $7,600. So his kind of dollars per points is only 306 So uh, pretty good value there. As I mentioned, Carson Palmer, a really good value. Tony Romo actually has some really good value. If you go back three years at home against a bad defense, 8 out of 12, 67%, 22.25, a 
when it comes to fantasy points. Uh, and this is a four-point passing uh, touchdown scenario. Um, some people that you would think um, would be better in some, some scenarios really have not been. And one of them is Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan at home against a, um, a uh, bad defense um, is actually only averaging about 19 points a game, and he's three out of six. So um, surprisingly, um, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's where he falls in at. Uh, Ryan Tannehill playing away against a bad defense, which you would think he would do really, really well. He does it. Three out of seven, <clears throat> 17.74 points per game. Um, so definitely something you want to think about before you start him against Philly. Um, I'm sorry, and start him against Washington on the road. Uh, it just hasn't been there. Another surprising um, has been um, Ryan or uh, Russell Wilson uh, away against a good defense playing in St. Louis, um, only 55%. So don't be too uh, high on him um, as well this week. Another big surprise, Matthew Stafford playing at San Diego, so away against a bad defense, only averaging 16 points a game, and he's three out of eight in quality games, so only 38%. So definitely something that uh, you want to keep an eye on if you're playing in these daily fantasy games. Um, <clears throat> so that's the quarterback side. Um, wanted to bring up a few that if you're looking at the running back scenario that you might want to pick up for your uh, – to put in your fantasy, uh, daily fantasy game, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever the case may be, or one of the other ones. But here's some ones to think about this week. Um, playing at home against an average defense, uh, Danny Woodhead is actually two for two in quality games, so he's perfect, and he's averaging about almost 14 points a game in a PPR scoring uh, for that. Um, and uh, my, my good friend Lenny Melnick from Roto Experts is out there. Lenny, thanks for listening. And uh, Lenny says Richard Rodgers is a must start. Um, and uh, he, he certainly, certainly, that's a great, great scenario. And I think I like Richard Rodgers a lot this week. He likes John Stewart as well going against the Jaguars. Um, let's bring that up. So here, um, l- let me tell you, Lenny, what the, uh, <clears throat> what the numbers say. So playing at Jacksonville, away against a bad defense over the past three years, in the six games that he's played away against a bad defense, he's only two out of six in quality games and only averaging about 11 points. Now, that's not bad. 11 points isn't, isn't too bad, but you have to get over 10 to earn a quality game. So that means that he's either just missing or just getting over each time, but only two out of six. So according to the consistency numbers, not as good as uh, you, would, you would want. Um, but some people who are, Marshawn Lynch, away against a good defense, just to show you how beast mode this guy is. So on the road against a good defense the past three seasons, he is 10 out of 11 in quality games, averaging 15.07 fantasy points per game. So a must start. Granted, he's $7,300 in the DraftKings side, but still must start. Matt Forte at home against a good defense, uh, 17.59 fantasy points per game. And he's uh, 10, um, 10, not 10, 7 out of 8, 88% uh, QSR quality success rate. Um, Eddie Lacy, away against a bad defense, averaging over 20 points, fantasy points a game in those six-game scenarios, perfect six for six uh, for him. So obviously a reason why he's one of the top choices this week 
uh, in most daily uh, fantasy sites that I've seen that he's got the highest value uh, in DraftKings. He is at 7,500. The only one higher is, I'm sorry, is Matt Forte and Adrian Peterson. Um, and uh, who else? Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, and this is interesting, playing away against a good defense, uh, playing at Houston. Um, in the past four or three years, 12.5 points per game, not bad, but only four for eight in quality games. So not my choice to pick if I'm picking in the daily fantasies this week um, with him. So there's some of the quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, there's some of the running backs that have done fairly well. Um, surprisingly enough, another one that I have ranked kind of high, and especially based on his value, is Doug Martin. He's only $4,500 at DraftKings. And in the past, at home against a bad defense, four for five in quality games, 80%. Averaging 14 points a game in those game scenarios. So um, I actually am starting him in some of my DraftKings uh, and then FanDuel stuff this week, as well as Danny Woodhead. So uh, so we'll see what it and, – and I agree with you. Has the job and he's healthy without D'Angelo Williams. Um, as long as John Stewart stays – Jonathan Stewart stays healthy, certainly a, a good choice out there. So, But let's take a look at the uh, wide receiver position as we're looking at uh, some draft – or. Uh, some daily fantasy values, as well as their consistency in the game scenarios. So, one is believe it or not, Larry Fitzgerald at home against a bad defense. Um, you got to think that, uh, you know, um, this is over the past three years. So, uh, playing at home this week against the Saints, uh, in the past three years, he is four for four in quality games, averaging almost 22 points a game in those historical game scenarios. So Larry Fitzgerald's uh, definitely a guy to, to look at. Same way with John Brown. Only played two games, but last year, 15 and a half points a game, one for two in quality games. I, I have him in quite a number of my uh, daily fantasy leagues this past in, in this coming week. So uh, definitely some of those I like. Uh, Des Bryant playing at home against a bad defense, which he is with the New York Giants this week. He has averaged 22 points a game, and he's a perfect 13 for 13 in quality games. So I've been picking him in a lot of my leagues to start. Um, so he's one of my favorites as well. Um, Anquan Bolden, um, four for four the past two years, um, playing in San Francisco. Really like him this week as well. Uh, A.J. Green, away against a bad defense. Over the past three seasons, perfect seven for seven, averaging 26.79 fantasy points per game. Um, so I've got him in a number of my leagues as well. Uh, really like him this week um, as we're going forward. So uh, definitely some ones uh, to look into. Uh, one that is maybe surprising, T.Y. Hilton playing away against a good defense. They're playing at Buffalo this week, uh, only averaging about 12 points a game, two for seven in quality games or I'm sorry, yeah, two for seven, only 29%. Uh, so kind of staying away from him. Uh, Demarius Thomas, a, a good start, averaging 17 points a game uh, away against, or at home against a good defense in Baltimore, uh, going against Baltimore five out of seven. Um, so not bad, but not great. Um, only 71%, which again, when you're looking for daily, you want to get those guys are, that are pretty close to perfect. Um Calvin Johnson's a good start, 80%, uh, 21 points a game almost there uh, in his game scenario. So those are some ones to think about. Um, obviously, others, people will argue with, that, you know, some guys maybe have some better matchups. But uh, at this point, you know, that's what we're looking at.
at the uh, tight end position as we're waiting for Rick Flieger to show up here tonight. Um, believe it or not, last year home against a bad defense, Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, one for one, 14 points in that one game. Jason Witten at home against a bad defense, nine out of 13, 69%. That's not great, but in the tight end world, it's pretty good. Anytime you get about 70% or, or more, you're, you're doing pretty well. He's averaging 14 and a half fantasy points. I've got him as my tight end in a lot of the DFS leagues this, year, this week. Um, some other ones to look at that could be uh, positive. Greg Olson, uh, 14 points a game, 7 for 10 in quality games away against a bad defense. You have to expect that he's going to do well this week. His value is a little bit higher than most tight ends because he's $5,300 uh, versus like Jimmy Graham and I'm sure Gronk. But still, um, he's going to you know he's going to put the points up. Another one I like this week, Martellus Bennett, home against a good defense. Um, 11, almost 12 points a game, four for five. Uh, so 80% in the quality uh, quality uh, success rate. So QSR at about 80%. So those are it. Other than that, um, Travis Kelsey, um, he's playing at Houston, away against good defenses, only 8.2 points and two for four. Uh, so not a big fan of Kelsey this week. Um, Delaney Walker, two out of five. So don't, not too high on him. So, Again, I'm I'm pretty limited in who I think I would pick at the uh, tight end spot this week. Um, you know, Richard Rodgers probably is a good starter. There is no historical data to back him up, Lenny, but I'm going to agree with you that if you can get him at a good value, which you might be able to in DFS leagues this week, uh, definitely is a uh, good start. So, uh, um, oh, so Rick's trying to get through, but he's saying he's having trouble getting through. He's going to keep trying. Um, so we'll keep keep an eye out for him. Haven't seen anybody kick in yet. <clears throat> Probably we have a problem since him and I use the same login to the site. It may be blocking him because I'm in. So Lenny or uh, Lenny, uh, Rick out there, if you want to call in on just on the cell phone on the guest line or through Skype on the guest line, that might be your best bet. Uh, so hopefully we'll get Rick in here pretty quick. Um, so as I said, so I don't know how many of you out there are playing uh, the old uh, daily fantasy, but it's certainly becoming a big deal. Um, I've died, you know, I'm diving into it as well. Um, I've played a little bit in the past using my historical data, won some money, but never got into it real big because I always like really the thrill of playing for the whole season. So um that's what I kind of always presented the consistency world as, is a for your whole season kind of help you find that most consistent players to draft. But I think the daily historical uh, uh, report on uh, Fantasy Sports Warehouse will bring that uh, to you as well. And also don't forget on the daily Fantasy Sports or on the Fantasy Sports Warehouse under the uh, consistency tools, you also will find the just plain consistency report. That is where you can go in and uh, put in your own scoring method for your league and see who the most consistent players were last year. Uh, that would have been very helpful during the draft for you if you didn't get a chance to use it. You'll, you'll be able to use it during the season because each week I will update the stats and you'll be able to see who is being consistent throughout the year. Now, granted, consistency will take a few weeks. So after week one, we're not going to jump up and down if one person who we've never heard of has their first quality game that they're going to be consistent all year, but at least it's a good barometer to who is going to be consistent. Um, and for those of you who, uh, you know, maybe new to the whole consistency thing, 
Um, in a standard scoring, which is four points for passing touchdown, 125 um, yards passing, it's usually a little bit over 19 points a game to earn a quality game. Um, but uh, <laughs> you need a caller to fill. Lenny, you can always call in, buddy. Um, if you want, you, the uh, call in is 646-478-4679. Um, love to have you call in. Um, but anyway. Uh, you know, so that's for quarterbacks, running backs, about 9.8, uh, almost just about 10 would be the, uh, scenario to get in there to get a quality game for running backs in a PPR format under that same PPR format, uh, 10.78 was the quality game factor that we used last year. Uh, so just about 11 points will get you a quality game wide receiver and a tight end usually a little bit over eight, 8.11. So that's the quality game factor. That'll be close to what it'll be this year, but it's always a little different. Sometimes it's a little higher. Sometimes it's a little lower. Um, I've seen the running backs be around 10-2 a couple years ago, but now it's down to 9-8. So it doesn't fluctuate a lot, but it fluctuates a little. Um, and it's just really because it's uh, calculating those top players at the positions and creating a standard so that each week – we should see about uh, 19 or uh, 12 quarterbacks, 24 running backs, 36 receivers, and 12 tight ends to get in each week. So, all right, we have somebody on the line. Let's see who it is. And who do we have out there? That's right. This is the uh, baseball guy calling in to talk hey. about football. How you doing, Lenny? Thanks for calling in. Hopefully we're going to get Rick uh, Rick Flieger on here from Flieger and Briggs as well. But thanks for yeah. calling in. Uh <laughs> And, I know uh, how it is. I know how it is when the co-host gets tied up. You know, sometimes <laughs> when it's unplanned, you know, it's always good to have another jerk standing by the sidelines and uh, send them in the game. Not to be on too long, but uh, no, I'm listening fine. to the sh- I'm listening to to the show, and you know, I've listened before, and uh, I think you guys just do a great job. The whole Asylum uh, Academy, you guys, you. it's just uh, you know, it's just it's just it's, it's really terrific. So. Um, I'm set to go. I got Roethlisberger tonight on my fantasy team, and uh, so I'm ready to go. Cool. All right. Well, Rick, I think he's gotten in. So Lenny, hold still there, and let's get Rick on, and we'll we'll, we'll talk. Okay. Rick, how's it going tonight, Bob? Blog talk doing its thing. <laughs> well, we added Lenny Milnick tonight, so we're uh, I'm incredibly honored to have two big on with me tonight. So. Rick, thank, well, thank you for you. finally getting in, and um, thank you, Lenny, for for coming in for uh, coming out of the bullpen to uh, yeah. you know, at least for a hold, maybe not a close, but at least a hold. That's <laughs> it. I get I get credit for a hold, not a save. I just wanted to say <laughs> that I, I enjoy what you're doing. Uh, I, I just wanted to hang in there until uh, your co-host Rick showed up. So I'll leave it. Okay. I'll throw it back to you guys. You guys can do. All your right. Thing. Well, thank you. Appreciate it, Lenny. We got somebody else on the line. I'm going to see who this is. So. Yo, guys, you got yours in the house for another year. Yeah, I tried to call your number, Hello? and it was coming up bad number. That wasn't Who's asked this? Of. this is this is Jersey in the house from Jersey. Oh, what's going on? And I, I yeah, I heard the other guy Lenny call in, and I've been trying to call since seven o'clock, and I kept saying the number was no good; it wasn't active. So I figured, let me try, huh. and then I finally got through. Somehow there must have been a problem with the phone. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I. I I got a couple quick questions. You know, one All right, five, we'll five. shoot. Uh, we got Rick Flieger on here with us from Flieger and Briggs. So 
Hit us with your Good. questions, and we'll see what we hey, can do. I'm going with Brady tonight, and I'm, even though it's raining, and I'm sitting Eli. It's a PPR league. But my question in this PPR league is, I have Bell, I have Foster, and I have Hill. But Bell and Foster are out. So my backup was Williams, you know, I mean, D'Angelo Williams or uh, Blue in a PPR league. Which one do you like for for at least this week? Well, like you said, with the weather being bad in Pittsburgh, it's hard to tell what footing you're going to get. You know, D'Angelo Williams certainly isn't going to set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. Um, You know, Houston, I mean, Alfred Blue is going to probably see – see more touches um i would think um because i assume that uh patriots are going to jump out to lead on the steelers and force them to play from behind but if it's a ppr league you know there's nobody else really to catch the ball out of the backfield in pittsburgh so i don't know i think if i had to make the choice um i i think i'd go with d'angelo i mean you know he's only got a few weeks to, or a couple weeks to play um right. i think they're going to be playing from behind with our league i think that uh uh, you know, there's going to be a need to throw a lot of passes, and I think you'll get a lot of catches out of the backfield. That Houston-Kansas City game is going to be kind of a slugfest. They're two pretty solid defenses with, uh, right. you know, uh, Jamal Charles obviously on one side of the ball. And, you know, I think the, uh, if the uh, Texans are going to try to, you know, keep the ball out of Jamal Charles' hands by, by ball control as well. So, I, I think if I had to lean towards one, I would lean towards the veteran in D'Angelo Williams. You know, he's fresh. He's first game. But that would be my thought. Rick, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree. Rick, you're breaking yeah, up a little Williams bit. There you go. Let's call it more of a plotter. Hey, in my standard league, um, I got Lacey, but I got Gordon, who is a rookie. I got George Bell, who hasn't played at all coming off the camp. And I got Ryan Matthews. It's a standard league. Which one of those three do you like me to, to, to that you feel comfortable with a standard league going against the? You know, I, I also got Lacey. So between Gordon, Joy Bell, uh, Ryan Matthews. Rick, I'll let you go first. Hopefully, we can hear Boy. you all right. Yeah, is that better? You got me now. That's a, now you again. Yeah, it's me. I'm good. Oh. I was just trying to see. I was trying to hear Rick um, okay. while we're trying to get Rick back. Um, yeah, Lacey's obviously the must start. Jokey Bell, um, you know, he, he's he been fairly inconsistent in the past when he's playing away against a bad defense in San Diego. Um, who would you say the other choices were? Uh, I got Melvin nope. Gordon, who I, I took like a third pick on. He's right. supposed to be the number one or two back, you know, right. and maybe third down could be Woodhead. He should get the goal line. And then you got – Ryan Matthews, who you don't know what he's going to do with the situation in Atlanta with, with Philly, his role. You know what I mean, <clears throat> I think if I had to choose, I would go with the the better player um, that we know has played okay in the past, and that would be um, Ryan Matthews. I mean, the thing with Philadelphia, why you don't know what you're going to get, that may be a good thing because you know he, he they always. They always are going to have a lot of a lot of um, uh, plays, and in doing right. that, Ryan Matthews, even if Ryan Matthews gets ten to fifteen touches, he could still probably earn a quality game by getting you know four catches out of the backfield and maybe get a, a, a short touchdown at the goal line. They let him run it in you know during preseason and, and not Demarco Murray. 
So I think right. I would go with somebody I could probably have a better chance of relying on. You don't know what you're going to get with Melvin Gordon. And Joe Bell, again, he hasn't played all preseason. Who knows yeah. what you're going to get out of him? So I, I think I would go with uh, I think I would go with Ryan Matthews. I'm gonna, we got somebody online. I, I think it might be Rick. We're going to check. Okay, I appreciate it. I really, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hello? Hey, Bob. Let's try the phone. I can't get a good Okay. Connection. All right. Hey, so it's Rick again. Right. All right. Well, let's go back to our caller, Jersey. Um, get, any other questions for you? Nah, it was just, it was just those running back things. Because what I'm going to do with my receivers in the PPR like I got Cooper, you know, Mari Cooper, and I got, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Devontae Adams. They're my starters. Okay. Then I, I use Bolden as, as a flex until Peterson comes back and, and Le'Veon Bell. But my question is, on my bench, I have Devontae Parker, and I also have, what's his name, uh, that new guy from um, the Colts, the rookie. Um, oh, Philip so Dorsett? Yeah, Dorsett. Now, okay. you have guys like Lockett available. You have guys like um, Brian Quick, who is available. Are any of them worth picking up and dropping maybe Dorsett? Okay. Rick, now that we have you on the phone, let's 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 finally hear from you. <laughs> yes, boy, in that situation mess with him. I think he's gonna be a bit of a work in progress. Yeah, I think the hype might be getting a little out of control with him at this point. But Brian Quick's a guy that intrigues me. And I just wonder the rookie down there in Indianapolis, you, you expect big things, obviously, from uh, from T.Y. Hilton. I think we expect right. fair to good things from from Andre Johnson. I don't know how deep it goes. Even in these big, star-studded offenses, these high-powered offenses, you don't often see four wide receivers right. being fantasy viable. I think Brian Quick, maybe not necessarily for this week, but I think as the season goes on, he's a guy gaining some traction. I might make that move and go to Brian Quick. You kind of cut out a little bit, Rick. When were you talking about Lockett, and did you like him or did you not? I, I don't dislike him. I'm, I'm okay. curious what his role is going to be, and is that offense? I know it's going to be a high-powered offense. Are they going to have to go four deep at the wide receiver position in terms of fantasy viability? I, I don't think so. Well, let me let me be the devil's advocate on that because I love Tyler Lockett. Um, I think this kid, within a few weeks, if not sooner is going to be the guy that they wanted to be they wanted Percy Harvin to be. The use him because of his speed at any level, at any play, whether they run him around the end, throw him deep, he returns kicks. I mean, I think this kid's electric and they need somebody like that to spread that field out in Seattle because Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Jermaine Curse or whatever the hell his name is, those guys stink. I, I can't believe they're still they still have jobs. I think Russell Wilson has just made them look good. Um, Tyler Lockett can be a spark plug and a field stretcher to give more room for Jimmy Graham, more room for the running game. And I think this kid has got it. And I think that if if they're smart in Seattle, he sees that ball at least ten times a day or ten ten times a game somehow, whether it's an end around or a deep pass or you know whatever. But he was just amazing in preseason, and it wasn't against the fourth string. I mean, he was doing this against starters, and you know. So I think this kid's electric. I think if I had to pick somebody up, that's who I'd pick. Um, you know, I know Brian Quick is the safer pick because he's done some stuff in the past. But if you're looking for a flyer, I really like Lockett. So that's my thought. Yeah, so. looking at hey, the stats on there like I did with with uh, 
um, what's his name, uh, Foster. You know what I mean? I, I picked him up knowing that he eventually would be available. Um, right. So, like I said, I've been going with Bell. And I, not Bell. I've been going with Devontae Adams and uh, Amari Cooper. Then I've been using uh, Bolden as my flex because right. none right. of my running backs are ready. Bell's not back and Foster's not back. And I have, right. to, I have Bill. So, um, all right, it gives me some options. So, it sounds like Dorsett might not be – he's been hurt. I know Thorne, some of the stuff. He might not be – he might be the odd man out, even though he's a rookie. But what, what, what Andre Johnson and, like you said, uh, he was right. Hill. So, right. I think, yeah. Hey, guys, I really appreciate that. Thanks oh, for thanks. Good luck, man. Thanks for calling yeah, in. What, thanks what for listening. You guys are you guys on every Thursday around uh, every 7? Day 7. Yep. Okay. I'll, and then I'll during the week, there's somebody on this network every night. So uh, Rick okay. Flager and the boys are on Tuesday, and so you can listen every night, and there's somebody on. So, But I'm always I, here I, on I, Thursday for sure. I've I, I talked to you guys over the years. You guys have helped me win some championships. So, again, I appreciate your help. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Best of luck to you guys this year in your leagues. And thanks again thanks. for your advice, guys. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. All right. Rick, thanks again for coming on. Glad to oh, finally uh, got in here. Um, so I don't know what you guys have been talking about on Tuesday night, but I, I know you're as excited as I am and Lenny is, and we're all excited that within an hour we're going to be watching real honest-to-goodness football again. Thank goodness. Oh, thank God. This offseason has been just interminable <laughs> with the Brady nonsense. <laughs> and just so much nonsense surrounding it's been so little about football, and finally tonight we tee it up. We're still going to have a little of the Brady drama, I guess. And finally, we're going to tee it up and just play football, and hopefully some of this nonsense can go away for uh, for 17 weeks anyhow. Yeah, at least we hope. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was kind of going over um, it, one of the things that, uh, I, you know, looking at was what I call the game scenarios and basically what the matchups are. Um, and how consistent they've been in the past and brought up some surprises um, in some of the matchups this week that, um, you know, whether you're playing a daily fantasy stuff or you're just looking for, uh, you know, who to start between maybe two comparable quarterbacks. Um, that's what the historical daily historical report does that I have on fantasy sports warehouse under the uh, consistency tools. Um, some people that have some good matchups, other than the superstars that we all know about. Um, one of them I mentioned it, for the quarterback side was um, Cam Newton playing away against a bad defense, playing against Jacksonville. Uh, his historical consistency the last three seasons in that game scenario, seven out of nine uh, quality games, averaging almost 25 points in a four-point passing touchdown. So really like him this week if you're looking for somebody in your day um, or you're just looking to make a decision between let's say him and um, you know uh, Matt Ryan or somebody like that that you know you might be trying to decide who to play and then I brought up Matt Ryan and the fact that um, playing at home Matt Ryan doesn't always do that well which is surprise a lot of people um, he, he just has I don't know why but he just doesn't play as well at home um, as he does on the road, which is, you know, like I said, would surprise some people. Um, but um, playing uh, at home um, against a bad defense, which we assume Philadelphia is because they're not very good. Um, he's only, he's averaged 23 points, which sounds great, 
But quality game wise, he's only four out of seven, which is, you know, one of his worst. The only thing where he does worse at is playing at home against a good defense. So his home <laughs> is like 55%. So this is not a guy that you really go, man, I want to put him out there as my starter, um, at least in a daily league where you're trying to win some money. Um, you know, 23 points, and I still think he'll be, I think he'll earn a quality game this week. I think he'll be around 20 points. But it just shows that maybe he's not as a automatic start as maybe if you were playing, you know, if you had Cam Newton on your team as well. So um, what are some ones this week that you think uh, are surprisingly better than most people would think or surprisingly worse than most people would think, at least at the quarterback position? You know, I will start right with tonight. And I don't have the numbers. This is all anecdotal. Maybe this is a uh, an angry, bitter Steeler fan. <laughs> I feel that we know what we all expect from Ben Roethlisberger this year. I think he's an MVP candidate this season. Patriots are in his head. Tom Brady's in his head. The hoodie is in Ben Roethlisberger's head. He's going out there without without all his weapons. Uh, The biggest one, we can talk about Bell, we can talk about Bryant. Those are obvious. The loss of Marquise Pouncey is so key to that offense. He's really the cog that makes that offense run. I just wonder if they don't come out almost too fired up, too committed, especially with Bell out, to trying to get the ball downfield to try and force things. They're going to make plays. I don't expect this lockdown, put-it-away game. Like, we're going to expect a lot from Ben Roethlisberger this year, specifically in a daily league. I think this is a guy I'm avoiding. I think they're going to score some points. There's going to be some garbage time, but he's going to make some mistakes. We're going to see some turnovers the Patriots yeah. just live in Ben Roethlisberger's head. Right. Well, I think I think another important person in this game tonight that has to perform well to take some of that pressure off um, is Mark is is Marcus Wheaton because if Wheaton doesn't least make them worry about him, they're going to be double teaming the crap out of Antonio Brown. Um, you right. know, because there's not much of a run game. Um, Heath Miller isn't going to scare anybody. So if Marcus Wheaton doesn't keep the offense honest or keep the defense, the New England defense honest, um, you know, it could be a long night for Ben and Antonio and all the boys. So I'm I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they they at least try to, you know, establish a little bit. Maybe th- I could see them throwing, you know, a lot of swing passes out of the backfield to D'Angelo early to kind of, again, keep the uh, Patriots from blitzing and that kind of stuff. But um yeah, it's going to be an interesting game of uh, with Roethlisberger without really two very important weapons uh, in his offense arsenal. Yeah, it's it, it's scary. I think Wheaton, you nailed it. He's he's the key in this game. He's 100% the key. I think they're going to double Antonio Brown, and they can. And maybe it's that old uh, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Antonio Brown's going to do what Antonio, right. Antonio Brown, Brown will still have six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown, but. That's that's a bad game for him. So <laughs> right, yeah, unfortunately, when you look at Wheaton, it, it seemed to me they they pushed towards him in the preseason. They gave him a lot of work. They Ben Roethlisberger made the comments in the off season that he thought this was going to be Marcus Wheaton's year. This is a guy he was targeting and looking at, which isn't something Roethlisberger does a lot in, in terms of pumping up players publicly like that. So I think they're going to be looking that way. The question is going to be. Is he going? Is he going to step up? Number one, because we haven't really seen that yet. Is he going to have the ability? 
and I think they would go into their three and four wide receiver sets. Darius Hayward Bay doesn't scare anybody. <laughs> no, it, yeah, right. You, 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 maybe you take your medicine if you're the Patriots. You, you take your medicine with Antonio Brown. Know what you're going to get? Take Marcus Wheaton away. You basically cut the field in half. Maybe, maybe that might be my plan. Go ahead, let Antonio get his. He'll be fine. I know as the Patriots, I'm scoring forty tonight in all likelihood. I'll let Antonio Brown do his thing and take Marcus Wheaton out. But if, if there's one scenario where the Steelers can win this game, and I'm having a hard time finding one, the headline tomorrow might be that Marcus Wheaton had nine catches for a buck forty and two touchdowns. That, that may be right. the only scenario right. we see where the well, Steelers can what, win this game. Exactly, and that's what I was saying. If he can be dangerous to that team, that will be the difference. That that will make that will help them win. But let's let's talk about these pace a little bit and 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 i'm going to be just outright angry about this because i just don't see i mean you just said that the patriots are going to put 40 points on the steelers first off i know the steelers defense is not what it used to be but who in the world outside of gronkowski should scare anybody for that team is it just because it's tom brady i mean lafell's not out there Okay, Edelman is can catch some balls, but he's more of an underneath guy. Danny Amendola will get hurt the first play he runs. Um, you know, Aaron Dobson has been cut by that team and picked up by the team, what, three times the last few years. Um, backfield is Deion Lewis and Brandon Bolden because Blunt isn't playing. Who in the world's going to score 40 points? <laughs> I just don't understand that's that. What, that's what's so damnably frustrating as a Steelers fan about these Patriots. I don't know, but it's simply going to happen. This is what they do. They'll score defensively. They might score a special uh, Okay, touchdown. maybe they'll have three touchdowns. One of these jokers, turning kicks one of, these jokers of a running back are, is going to have 120 yards and a touch, maybe two touchdowns. I don't know how he does it. But is the Steelers' defense think, really that bad? It's putrid, <laughs> what really? I've seen. Now you hate to take Browns fan. I couldn't be happier, but I just didn't think they were that bad. (laughs) You hate to take too much away from the preseason, but I I don't know how much, if any, you caught of that third preseason game when uh, the menagerie of Tyrod Taylor and EJ Manuel and and Castle made made they look like an offensive juggernaut. They all look like Tom Brady (laughs) against this number one defense in Pittsburgh. I know it's vanilla. That secondary is so bad. They're lacking on the line. The linebackers aren't what they are. And quite right. frankly, look, who's covering Gronk? And nobody in the league can cover Gronk. Certainly nobody right, on right. this Right, Yeah, I get that. I get that. He, he I mean, have, covering Gronk is rough. Touches. But I would definitely want to put a safety to kind of watch over him and not worry about whether or not Danny Amendola or Aaron Dobson is going to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> but I, maybe – <laughs> I just don't, I, you know, I just don't understand how everybody's like, oh, the Patriots are fired up. They're going to come out and do what they did to the league a few years ago after the spy gate and put up 40 points a game. I'm like, with who? Randall fells out, and he's the best player they had outside of Gronk. You know, LeGarrette oh, Blunt will run pretty well, but that'll only last for four to five weeks, and then he'll wear out, wear down. He's not a young anymore. Patriots are going to be this quote dangerous, but whatever. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not. I mean, outside of Gronkowski, I, I don't. I have LaFell in a lot of leagues because I picked him up as like my fourth, three, fifth receivers in most, and 
So, but it was late in the drafts and I didn't, you know, I'll probably end up cutting him and picking somebody else up. But, um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, um, what about Sunday's games? Any one of them out there that you're like, I mean, I think the Atlanta Philadelphia game should be a real shootout. That that's the one I want to watch. I hope it, I can get, catch it on TV, um, or catch it at some point. Um, what, what do you think about the Dolphins offense? They're playing Washington, who I guess is a pretty bad defense from what everybody says. Um, they're ranked up there as one of the worst as well. Um, it's at Washington, but I feel like Miami could put up a lot of points on that one. Do you see that happening against the Redskins? It should on paper. If everything everyone's told me about Tannehill, about Landry, that Lamar Miller to a lesser degree is true. With that dysfunction, I could it's the best soap opera in the world to watch what's going on in Washington DC. <laughs> All yeah. that distraction, I don't care who, you can't avoid it. And the nonsense with Kirk Cousins, and boy, he always looks good on paper. He always looks good short term. He always looks good for a, for a series or two. And he right. goes out and turns the ball over. That said, this is kind of a cop out. I'm taking a real latency approach with these Dolphins. I think they're going to be much better defensively, and that's going to be a competitive team in that AFC right. East. It still just doesn't strike me as a high-powered offense. Jarvis Landry's a guy I'm all over for the season going forward, and this week especially, lots of room in that Washington secondary. That kid's special. He's fun to watch. Tannehill, I think the jury's still out. I know I'm supposed to, as someone in this industry, I'm supposed to have bought in. We've been told Ryan Tannehill is the guy who's going to step up this year and be that top-ten guy. I'm not sold yet. He's fine. He, he's he's a nice he's a nice player. He's a nice quarterback. I'm not sure he's that superstar. We've anointed anointed him well, as this it's, it's interesting you say top ten. You know he was ranked ninth last year in fantasy points, so he's already top ten. Um, yeah, he has improved a little bit every year, and I kind of like seeing that. Um, not only from the consistency standpoint, but consistently improving instead of like skyrocketing like RG3 and then just bottoming me out, bottoming out, bottoming out. Um, I just don't know if they still have enough, if they really do have enough weapons. Um, Greg, Greg Jennings, I think is our age. Um, you know, Landry's <laughs> awesome. Lamar Miller's awesome. Uh, you know, Jordan Cameron should be a good plus for them if they use him, but they never really used Charles Clay that much. And he was, a hell of a tight end as well, and they let him go and yeah, Cameron. I didn't understand that move at all. I thought Charles Clay was a hell of a tight end. Yeah, I don't know that Cameron. Cameron, we we thought one year. Yeah, up there, right. up there in Cleveland, and right. it was nice. And there's injuries, and, and it's Cleveland, so things like that just tend to happen. But he's not a right. big. They're talking like he's a big upgrade over Clay. I, I don't. No, that. I don't think he is at if all. If anything, he's uh, maybe an equal. Goal, goal in goal line situation. Right. I don't. I haven't seen the ability in three seasons for him to stay healthy and stay on the field. Right. You know they got Devontae Parker, but he's been injured and hasn't been. You know, like most rookies, just hasn't. You know, caught up with the system or caught up with the world. Um, so at some point, maybe he'll break out and, and help stretch a field a little bit. Uh, like I said, Greg Jennings is just going to be there. You know, uh, using his ARP card. Um, but beyond that, I mean. I, you know, I watched um, – I just got the NFL Game Pass where you can go and watch the games, um, you know, on your computer. I have an Apple TV thing, so I was watching some of the preseason. And I watched 
uh, the, the Dolphins third week preseason game. And I mean, Miller got so many touches. It was, it was almost absurd. So I think they're going to continue to do that. Um, they're running him out of the backfield. And if not, they're throwing him the ball. And then when they got third and long, they threw it to Landry. And I think once they threw it to Jennings and once I think they threw it to Cameron, but basically almost every play involved um, either Lamar Miller or Jarvis Landry. And then like one out of 10 plays, they would use somebody else just for fun. Um, and I, I think that's quite well could be what the offense is this year. I think it's going to run right. through Lamar, Lamar Miller in the running back position. Landry is going to be the big play guy. You're going to see splash plays for, from a guy like Parker, but not nothing you know, the thing, not nothing from a consistency standpoint. Right. Another offense that I think, I guess going the opposite way, that is concerning me, not that I have too many of their players, um, but that's the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffries now is hurt. They're saying he might be available for week one, but it's iffy now. Um, they already lost Kevin White. They could be going into week one with their basically their top wide receiver being Eddie Royal, who I think is close to Greg Jennings' age. Um, you know, Matt Forte is a stud and always will be. Mark Tellis Bennett's a stud and always will be. But, you know, Jay Cutler is the wild card in all that. Um, if he comes to play, their offense isn't too bad. If Jeffrey's healthy, it's obviously a lot better. Um, but you know, it's kind of already scaring me. It's like now they're playing the Packers in the first game. Luckily they're playing at home. Um, so they at least get a little bit of a home field advantage and, you know, that'll help some. Um, but I, I, this, this offense scares me. Alshon Jeffries isn't healthy. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I've been a lot of people backing off Matt Forte this year and the argument that, well, he's not going to catch near as many passes as he did last year. Yeah, of course <laughs> he caught over a hundred balls. That's not going to happen right. again. But I understand it. But Matt Forte's top back, especially in a PPR format. And I think it's magnified now with, with none of these receivers. Martellus Bennett, I, he's a lock and down. We don't have to talk about it. The the receiver position, to me, even with Alshon Jeffrey, scares me. It, it's a big difference between being the number one guy in that division as it was being the guy on the other side of, a, of Brandon Marshall when Brandon right. Marshall's playing his best. I've seen nothing out of Jeffrey that has me convinced that he is a top back in this league. I have I have avoided him at all costs. I believe I own zero Alshon Jeffrey shares. Now he's banged up. When you talk about Eddie Royal, that's the scariest thing. There's just nobody dynamic in that receiving core. There's nobody that scares you. There's nobody to take the lid off that defense. And like you said, with Cutler, you just can't trust him. I expect. Right. I think if you're a Forte owner, if you're a Bennett owner, this, this bodes well for you because the entire right. offense. Right, I was going to say, I, you, may see, you may see Forte get your catches if if Alshon stays um, unhealthy most of the season, and you know they they might be relying on him a lot more than they uh, they actually planned on it. Um, yeah, right, well, I, just, step I away don't from, see anyone emerging. Yeah, all right. Let's step away from quarterbacks. Let's take a look at some running backs. Um, you know, there's a, I mean, there's the, the typical guys that we all know are going to do well. Um, you know, the the ones that are really the we can't tell yet, we don't know for sure, um, is the two guys that switch teams, DeMarco Murray and, and LaShawn McCoy. McCoy's now supposed to be healthy, supposed to be playing week, week one. Um, they're going to be playing at home against Indy, uh, not the best defense from a run standpoint. Um, so if he's 
is healthy, then should be doing okay. DeMarco Murray's playing at Atlanta. Um, again, this should be a shootout, so I could see him benefiting, um, but you just never know with Chip Kelly's offense of who's going to ball the most. Uh, that's kind of why I said to our Jersey Joe there about the uh, pick my, Ryan Matthews because you know they're going to get him the ball somehow, somewhere, a number of times a game. But um, what are your thoughts on those two guys? I was really down on DeMarco Murray until a couple of weeks ago on my show. I had um, the uh, Eagles writer from NC Sports Warehouse um, come on, and he pretty much talked me into drafting DeMarco Murray in the <laughs> New Jersey uh, Reflect or Fantasy League of Experts draft when I went out there um, in the second round after I took Demarius Thomas. Uh, I took DeMarco because he told me all these reasons why DeMarco Murray will be a better running back than LaShawn McCoy was in that system. Now, he has to prove it, but, you know, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Well, let's start with DeMarco Murray. From a, and I, I've, I've heard that, and, and I agree with a lot of it. I think it sets up well for him. My concern is what's, What's different in this offense between LaShawn McCoy and DeMarco Murray is Ryan Matthews. I think it's somebody else, another viable back. You also have Darren Sproles there, I believe, for passing situations. I just, I'm so concerned about his workload. I think he's going to perform fine, and in the league this year, that is just so lacking in number one running backs, I think he's going to perform about to where you draft him. That said, and I don't think anybody would argue this, it's not going to be anywhere near what you saw last year. And I think you're going to see down weeks. When when you talk about consistency, I think there's going to be weeks where he completely disappears. Now, now jumping to McCoy in his new situation, this is a guy I was terrified of almost from the moment this deal got announced (laughs) until about two weeks ago. When when the Buffalo Bills, and this is going to sound strange, when the Buffalo Bills announced Tyrod Taylor as a starting quarterback, and you look at what he does and the way he's going to be rolling out and making plays in space, that bodes well for a guy who has a history of being really solid as a pass-catching running back and getting the ball in space and making plays. And right. they talk about trying to limit his work. I think them sending Fred Jackson out of town inexplicably to me. I still can't, can't wrap my head around that one. I think it bodes well for McCoy. If McCoy can stay healthy, this is a guy I'm back on the bandwagon with, a guy I was terrified with. And, and to Murray, this is a brilliant analysis. I'm just sort of lukewarm. I think he's going to be aight. something I say a lot on this. He'll be aight. He'll, he'll be fine. He's not going to kill you. But I think there's going to be weeks with just the way that Chip Kelly offense runs that, that he's not going to see enough of the ball. That's what I said, and that's what this guy was kind of saying. Oh, no, he will. You know, he's the kind of runner that Chip Kelly wanted because he hits the holes, he doesn't dance, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I said, on the other hand, the distribution, the plays, you know, I said the only good thing is that they move the ball quickly. They get it downfield. If Murray gets two rushing touchdowns every game, well, then he's magic, and and, and now he's worth every penny. But, um, you know, it's just going to be a question of – of him making the use of those opportunities and, you know, um, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, uh, you know, it's a whole new, I mean, it's such a whole new offense with Bradford at quarterback and DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews and, you know, Nelson Aguilar is the rookie wide receiver. And, you know, the only, you know, guy that's there from last year is Jordan Matthews. And, you know, then I, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of mouse to feed in that, in that orphanage. Right. Um, 
And I don't know if numbers back me up on this. This is some research I'm going to do once this game's a blowout and I have nothing better to do. I just have a, a feeling, something in the back of my head. Again, I got no numbers to back this up. I DeMarco Murray feels almost like a like a volume back to me that he's going to need to be the featured back and be fed the ball and one of those guys who may get better as the game goes on. Yeah, to that writer's point, yeah, he hits the hole hard. Guys like that tend to wear a defensive line down. That would be my concern is if you're only giving him 8, 10, 12 carries a game, playing him on certain packages, because I'm certain there's Ryan Matthews packages. There's obviously Darren Sproul packages. I just I feel like he's going to need to see the ball, not to the esteemed level he saw it last year in Dallas, but he's going to need to see it more than he's going to see it in Philadelphia to truly be who a lot of folks expect him to be. Right. I mean, I got to think you don't give him that kind of money and and split 50-50 with touches between him and Ryan Matthews. It just doesn't well, make any sense. But I think other than that, the only one that uh, I think there's, you know, obviously a lot of the rookies have not lived to the hype. Um, this is no shock to you or me. Um because we've seen this multiple years, year after year, um, the draft comes, you know, next thing you know, Melvin Gordon is ranked in the top 12 of running backs for the, you know, for the coming year. Uh, Todd Gurley's ranked in the top, you know, their top, top 15. Um, and, you know, it's all about these guys were great in college. They were this in college. They were that in college. And guess what? They come to the pros and it's a whole different game, kids. You know, Todd Gurley now may not play to week four. Melvin Gordon's been average at best in preseason. Um, you know, we could go on and on with these kind of players. Um, is there any of them that you think at some point this year will be worth their draft choice? Oh, that's so tough, but... The hardest part here, and I can't – this is probably the deepest in terms of available and hyped rookie running backs we've had in fantasy football in a long time. But that being said, I can't remember a time none of these guys – I mean, none of them, save for Gordon, who has been less a health issue and he just hasn't performed. But if you look at Yeldon, if you look at Gurley, if you look at Duke Johnson up there in Cleveland, these guys haven't been on the field. They haven't been in camp. They haven't practiced. That's the concern with me. I think on the surface you have to think if Todd Gurley can get back and get healthy, he's got the best chance. I I like what they got going on there in St. Louis. I think he's a hard-running type. And and Coach Fisher, if he hits on a guy, he's not afraid to run the ball 25. Right. That's a good point, true. But what kind of game shape can Todd Gurley be in? When's the last time he really played competitive football, and now you're going to jump in week four of an NFL season? I think it's going to take a long time to pan out. You know, in terms of these top three guys, you have to find a draft position. I'm not certain that any of them do. Melvin Gordon almost has to get better. He doesn't have a lot of pressure behind me, so I think he's going to see the volume. But but his performance has got me on the, the Danny Head train to call in. I, I love I love what he brings to that offense. Probably Gordon has the best chance out of those top three. Yeldon's the only one going into week one. I just don't know how dynamic, obviously, that offense is going to be. Right. From what we saw out of Robinson last year, I think you've got to give him the ball a little bit. So 
I don't own many, if any, of these rookies in any leagues. It, this is going to no, be. No, I don't have any it, of them. If I miss on one, I'll eat it this year, but I'm, I'm taking a step back going with the names. My biggest concern is I haven't seen any of these guys play football yet. Yeah. I, I just happened while you were talking, I picked up the uh, Lindy's Fantasy Sports Magazine this year that I did the mock – I was one of the mock drafters, expert mock drafters. We did the draft on May, 9, May 19th. Um, so, what, a week, maybe two weeks after the, the actual NFL draft. And Melvin Gordon was picked with the 10th pick in the second round. So he was like running back, running back 12, maybe, but still, um, you know, and then Todd Gurley was picked four picks later at three Oh two. So, and TJ Yeldon went into the third round um, as the 11th pick. So those three rookies were picked um, between round two and round three. That was in May 19th. But it just goes to show you how many times you and I have told people, don't, don't pick rookies early. You're just right. going to get killed by it. And especially if you do your draft earlier in the summer, you know, um, I mean, but it's those guys that give players that I like, like Danny Woodhead, 10th round ADP, that I can pick them and put them as a flex or my backup running back now somewhere down the road and he might end up being a starter on my team and I might end up trading somebody else because of that. So, you know, that's, right. that's the kind of stuff you got to watch for is, you know, don't, don't buy into the hype. And I don't care if it's running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, whoever. Yes. Once in a while, there's going to be an Odell Beckham jr. Or an Antonio Brown or somebody that comes, but it's usually more often than not, it usually isn't the top pick. Now, Amari Cooper, yeah. I think, is special, and I've seen him play some of the preseason games. He's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Now, be that being said, um, you know, it's still the Oakland Raiders who are the West Coast version of the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, so we'll see how it all plays out. But, man, I saw him run a pattern against Patrick Pearson, and Patrick Pearson literally fell over his own feet trying to keep up with him on the cut. Pretty damn impressive. But, again – you know, but he said the same thing about Sammy Watkins coming into last year and that didn't work out as well. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I just, just wanted to bring those guys up. Cause I just think that, uh, it, it's an interesting scenario. So heading to the wide receivers, um, one of the guys that really has me kind of, and I draft him in any leagues. Um, but this is the guy that, you know, two years ago was, top five stud at wide receiver last year, just nagging injuries, lost the other guy, lost Marvin Jones on the other side, but this is AJ green. Um, I like I said, I haven't drafted any leagues because I just won't pull the trigger in the second round for him. If I have a choice between him um, and, you know, Randall Cobb or, or, you know, one of those other good solid wide receivers that I know I can count on, I'm picking them instead, so that's why he isn't on my team. But did you draft A.J. Green in any leagues? And what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that he's due for a comeback, that he can put it all together and with Andy Dalton, and he has Marvin Jones back? And, you know, what what are you thinking there? How, how have you been looking at A.J. Green this summer? You know, I don't think I have any A.J. Green, but it's more sort of your point. I tended for that reason this year to pick in the top four or five picks 
in, in every draft I've done, and I'm used to picking from the mall, and, and he hasn't really made it back in the second round. I wasn't really willing to spend that two six two seven pick on A.J. Green. A.J. Green, I think, is going to be a nice, solid piece. He's not going to be that big splash player. I think he starts that next year after all these splash-wide receivers are gone. I, Andy Dalton terrifies you in Cincinnati. <laughs> I think that's that's the first case. I like what they've got going in the running game specifically. I also like, as you look at this, and this sounds really strange to say, as you look at this AFC North, I see three secondaries that a team like Cincinnati or any of the other three teams, say for maybe Cleveland in that division, can, can get some against. Now, I think Baltimore isn't what they were, especially in the secondary. The Steelers are a disaster in the secondary. The Browns actually probably have the best secondary in that division. So I think you're going to see a lot of points scored here. It's not going to be the AFC North you and I are used to watching. So right. in that in that matter – you know, I think I agree, especially with the Jordy Nelson situation. I like a Randall Cobb over him. But I think that that's right about where he goes. I think right. just the, the volume of receivers being drafted, I think, bumped up his ADP. But in terms of where he slotted with receivers, there may be two or three behind him I prefer. But I think that's right about what he expects for A.J. Green. If he can stay healthy, you don't like to see a guy – with no real serious injuries, but missing a lot of time for little nagging injuries, those things tend to pile up, and that would be my main concern with him. Right. I think this the interesting thing about Andy Dalton is that um, looking at the daily historical matchup report on Fantasy Sports Warehouse, playing at home against a bad defense, he's only one for six in quality games. That's amazing to me. I mean, you would think at home, that's where your quarterback's going to be it's at its best, you know, putting up the points. Um, I guess that just means that the fact that their running game is so good that they don't need to throw the ball in those games. So whatever you do, don't start Andy Dalton. In any of those. But yet away against a good defense, he's three for four, 75%, averaging almost 20 points a game. So um, obviously he just turns it on when he needs to, but obviously playing at home against a bad defense, that's not it. Because obviously the running game is doing their job, but um, interesting, interesting stats there. Um, so let's talk about Greenway. We talked a little bit about Randall Cobb. We we, we assume he's healthy. Um, he says he's ready for re, we, uh, week one. But on the other side of him now is Devontae Adams. Um, they brought James Jones back, which I think was a brilliant move uh, yeah. on the Packers' behalf. Um, that just goes to show you the difference between a good team and how they're managed and the Browns. Um, <laughs> we bring back Terrell Pryor um, and then drop him. And then yeah, um, not wait till the day before the season and then cut him again. Yeah, then cut him again because um, that's how we roll. But bringing James Jones back was, was I think, crucial um, to help that team for through the season. Um, I think that's going to hurt Devontae Adams. And for those of you who picked over the last three weeks and drafted Devontae Adams in the fourth round, I I never did understand. Um, I, I think that's going to hurt that scenario quite a bit. Um, I think Devontae Adams will still see, you know, I think he'll still get his targets. But I think James Jones, if he picks up the offense as quickly as we assume he will, because nothing's changed much since he left. Um, I think James Jones, um, who has been a waiver wire pickup for a lot of people heading into this week, um, is going to help them a lot. Um, but 
What do you think is going to happen? I mean, there's talk about, I know Lenny Minnick, uh, who's on here a little bit earlier, was talking about he liked Richard Rodgers as a tight end. I mean, Richard Rodgers has been there for a couple of years, never really has panned out. Uh, Andrew Corliss has never really panned out. Um, you know, the last time they had, you know, their top or top uh, tight end was, uh, you know, when uh, number 88 was there. So, I, you know, I don't see them using that. But do you think that it, because it's Aaron Rodgers, he'll just, just kind of be like Tom Brady and he'll – it doesn't matter who's out there catching the ball, basically. They're, they're all going to turn out good because he's going to get them the ball. And as long as they catch it and they don't drop it, <laughs> they'll get them the ball. Um, do, you, do you see any issues with the Packers offense slowing down um, drastically without Jordy Nelson? No, I, I think that, look, the, the injury to a guy, if you lose a guy like Jordy Nelson, it hurts a little bit. Still, put Jordy Nelson in Cleveland. He, he's not going He's not going to be that guy. Put Jordy Nelson right. e- even somewhere like Carolina. This, right. this is the Green Bay Packers. This is Aaron Rodgers. I think right. when Nelson went down, and we do this as football players. It was a complete overreaction. I think, look, Randall Cobb is who he is. And he there's a certain skill set he brings. There's certain packages he's better in. And he plays his position on the field. Same same with Adams. He could down these long list, of, long other list of wide receivers who were getting a little bit of push when Jordy Nelson went down. What what, you know, what I would try to implore people to avoid on our show was you can't take the assumption that Jordy Nelson was going to catch 90 balls this year, and let's divide it up between the top two or three other receivers left there in Green Bay, and those numbers go up that much. It's just not the case. I think Eddie Lacy gets a bigger chunk of it. I think if yeah, you're I do in too. the league, if you, if you make the Packers team, you can catch the ball. You're going to get some numbers, and that offense continues to march on, you know, at 95%. You're going to have to take right. a small dip and lose a guy like Jordy Nelson. Right. But, but Adams jumping up to the third and fourth round, insanity. That's not who he is. He's going to get more targets. He's going to get more catches. Yeah. He's right. not going to be a bigger fantasy star, much bigger than you expect to go into the season. No, I agree. In fact, I was going to see if I could find my uh, – the uh, – the draft from New Jersey of when Adams went, because he went really early. Um, so this was 14 teams, and Devontae Adams went uh, 313. So basically at the end of the third round, um, these people passed on uh, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper, uh, Macklin, Marshall, and and so on. That that's who they could have had, but they took Devonte Adams there. Um, so, and the interesting thing was that that team also that was their third wide receiver. So you could say, well, wide receiver three, not bad, but then you know his his running backs and the rest of his team is uh is going to struggle, but. You know, it, I, I just sat there and went, well, man, that doesn't surprise me because I'd seen it already happening in some of the other uh, expert drafts that I had been doing. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, I was I was wondering where he'd go in a 14 team, and that's where it went. But um should be interesting on that one. Um, what time is it? we got 15 minutes. All right. 
because we don't, we, we're going to stop before the game starts. <laughs> we want to stop by 830. Yeah. We don't want to miss kickoff. All right, so let's look at some of the tight ends. Um, I, I think their usual guys are going to be there, and obviously Gronk. I think Ray Golson will be his consistent self. I mean, Jimmy Graham has been the one wild card this offseason of what's he going to do in Seattle? Uh, will he get, you know, he, will he or will he not be at the level of the of the Saints? A lot of us probably all agree no, um, but that doesn't mean he still won't be a viable um, three tight end in the league. Uh, Jason Witten. Uh, I have in almost every league. Um, he continues to be that forgotten guy. He's old. Nobody loves him. But yet he'll still catch 75 balls. He'll have 800 yards and catch eight touchdowns, which will put him in the top five. And I got him in the 10th, 12th round in every every draft. Um, and I'm okay. Um, Bennett is probably the other guy I drafted uh, outside of that because I usually was getting him sixth round. Um, and I would get I would take him before I would take Witten. Um, if I missed out on Bennett, then I took Witten two rounds later. Um, other than that, I just don't – I mean, a lot of people talked about this um, since for uh, Safarian Jenkins breaking out this year. I guess it's possible. Um, when you got a rookie quarterback, you're going to see a guy go to his tight end a little more often than not. Um, you know, Delaney Walker was really consistent last year. In fact, he was the second most consistent tight end in the league behind Gronk ahead of everybody else. Um, I, I haven't heard much about him in the preseason and whether or not Mariota is going to him that often. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been one that the hype train left real early and moved him into the top three, top five. Um, he, and I think he still has potential. Um, he was certainly fairly consistent last year in his rookie year. So see how that goes. Any other tight ends that you, or, or you disagree with some of those guys or ones that you like, you your leagues this year? Did I lose you? Rick? Hello? Rick? I've somehow lost Rick again. <laughs> Rick? Rick? All right, well, either wait for Rick to uh, get back in there or I'm not sure what happened. Uh, but, uh, We'll hit a refresh here and see if maybe that uh, reconnects him to everything. Rick, you still out there? Um, so like I said, that's that's what I was kind of going with is whether or not uh, any of those guys, you know, you felt um, was a good pickup or not. Um, load the chat room back on here. I guess I hit refresh and I kicked that off. Um once again, you know, coming up tonight, 8.30 is the big game, uh, first game of the season. And uh, we'll see the Steelers and the Patriots. Um, but, uh, again, just kind of as I was looking at the tight ends, um, I really just didn't, uh, you know, see. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Zach Ertz, but he really hasn't done anything. And uh, let's see, I'm going to kick, kick him off and maybe he can. So if you can call back in, Rick, out there. Um not sure what happened, but uh, we lost you. So if you can call back in. Um, oh, I think he's back. Are you there? Rick? Rick? We're trying to get him. Um, the one guy I've also been kind of taking as my um, backup tight end has been Antonio Gates. Um, getting him in most leagues because everybody kind of gave up on him. He's going to miss the four games, but he's only going to miss four. Last year, he was a top five uh, tight end. 
and uh, you know certainly can be of some value later in the year if if one of my tight ends goes down. Um, still trying to get Rick connected here. I'm not sure if it's uh, Blog Talk Radio or what it is. But we're trying to get him back on here for the last 10 minutes of the night. Um, but uh, somehow something's just not going here. Um, so anyway, um, Rick, if you have or haven't hung up, try that. Uh, we'll try to get you back on. Um, you know, there was a lot of love for Josh Hill early um, in in the summer. But he's kind of died off. And, uh, you know, we haven't uh, had heard much from him. Um, there's been talk that Benjamin Watson in New Orleans is going to get the ball just as much, um, which wouldn't surprise me. He's kind of a good, solid tight end, uh, probably a better blocker than, than Josh Hill was. Um, Ladaris Green, um, this guy has been the hype machine, you know, with Antonio Gates there for the last couple of years. Every year, you know, Gates is old. He's done. He's going to move on. And 